Y'all ready to be history? It's started. Welcome. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone. To the Pro Audio Suite. These guys are professional. They're motivated. Thanks to Tribooth, the best vocal booth for home or on-the-road voice recording. And Austrian Audio, making passion heard. Introducing Robert Marshall from Source Elements and Someone Audio Post, Chicago. Darren Robert Robertson from Voodoo Radio Imaging, Sydney. Tech to the VO Stars. George the Tech Whitam from LA. And me, Andrew Peters, voiceover talent and home studio guy. Line up, And welcome to another Pro Audio Suite. Thanks to Tribooth. Don't forget the code TRIPAP200 to get $200 off. Austrian Audio, making passion heard. And Passport VO, which is a collaboration between us at the Pro Audio Suite and Centrance, the new dual voiceover interface designed specifically for voiceover and also podcasting. Mm, get Come yours now. There's still a few available. So if you want one, jump on. You can go to our website, which is theproaudiosuite.com, and find the link there. Or go to Centrance and look for Passport VO to get yours locked in. Now, something arrived on my doorstep the other day, and inside was the new NT1 fifth generation. Mm. And you got one too, didn't you, Robbo? I did. And they're sexy. Yeah. So we've been playing around with it, and because uh, I've got the fourth generation NT1, so I lined them up. And there is a slight difference. I don't know what they've done, but it seems to have a bit more, I don't know, a bit more sparkle in the top end than the- It's um, a bit brighter, isn't it? It is a bit brighter, but it's not like the NT1A, which is, no, not It's light. nicely brighter. But yeah. your NT1, the original one, yep. has it been boxed away in a bag or in a dark place for a long time? Or has it been out on a stand collecting a thin film of sea foam, air and dust? Well, this is my. That was my question to AP. Okay. Yeah, no, it's yeah. been uh, okay. it's been in the box. Um, yeah, because that would away. make a difference too. If the mic has been yeah. out collecting dirt and whatever for the last couple of years, mm-hmm. well, even more so if it's out plugged in, charged up, and uh, that would make a difference to its sound. But it sounds like there's a slight difference in tonal balance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I did send you a file, um, which was the original NT1 fourth gen, the fifth gen, and also I sent you the um, USB, which uh, the NT1 fifth gen comes with, which is kind of unique and seems to work really well. Does it have the same controls? Like it doesn't have the DSP, right? But it has. Does it have headphones and, or is it just in? Well, this is this is the problem I've had, and I still can't get it to work. So if I go to the USB, I can I can see you know the levels are going into either like Source Connect or Twisted Wave or whatever I happen to be using. But I plug the headphones into the laptop, and I can't hear what I'm recording. So so the NT the the, the Rode has no headphone output. No. Okay, so it just doesn't have an output. And when you look in the output to Source Connect, it doesn't show anything. Yeah, I select whatever I happen to be plugged into, so it could be like the inbuilt headphones on the laptop. Right, so you should hear the echo back in your headphones. Don't I, hear but it. I don't think that would have anything to do with the NTG5. Yeah, don't hear it. In fact... Or, and, and Not NTG5. Uh, the NT1, yeah, 5th gen. Yep. NT1, 5th gen. So that that is a mystery to me, and I, I'm going to have to dig a bit deeper to see if I can work out why... That happens. So you set up the Road Central app with all the correct settings for monitoring and all that? Well, the problem I've got is with the Road Central app, I think the issue I have is that it uh, needs a newer computer than mine. Oh, well, that could be true. I mean, you mean newer than Mojave OS. Yeah. Yeah. That is possible. Mojave's getting old. 
There's a long in the tooth. I, I had I had a problem logging into Source Connect and I had to do a security update to get make sure that Source yeah. Connect would continue to log in on one of my Mojave machines. So yeah, because if I if I try to, it says if I go to Road Central, for instance, it said you can't use this version of the application Road Central with the version of your Mac OS. Yeah, that's something to look out for. Boohoo. Well, yeah, as we rely more and more on the computer's drivers and the DSP on the computer to do a lot more jobs, we're a lot more tied into, you know, all those systems, right? Whereas when you're relying on hardware to do that processing for you or outboard gear and other things, as long as the computer only has to do a conversion, you know, from analog to digital, it's much easier to go very far backwards compatibility-wise, you know. Um, it's these newer things that have the synergy between the hardware and the OS, like Road Central, for example. That's where things get a lot more picky about systems and versions, and roads can only go back so far supporting older versions. It's mainly that developers don't want to write apps for older computers. Yeah. If you just like open up a development application and write the app, it's just going to make it current, and you have to usually work to fight for backwards compatibility. So any new application, you just don't expect it to reach very far back, unless it's very basic, like a driver. Just well, a pure yeah. driver is basic. There's certain tools that are, there are developer tools in newer OSs that are just make building the app much smoother. Here's the thing that I reckon get, gets ignored in all that. And I understand, understand that, right? But here's the thing. When you buy a PC, you expect a life of, I don't know, look, I, it's been decades since I've had a PC, but let's say you expect a lifespan of four or five years. When you buy a Mac, you sort of go, well, I'm going to get 10 years out of this sucker at least. You know, that that's yeah. the thing, I reckon, is that I'll, gets I'll missed. I'll buy a used Mac and get 10 totally. years out of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I know it's not the hardware, but I think what developers forget is they go, oh, I can't be asked to do this. But there's a massive bulk of your users who is sitting on these older, older machines and going, you know, why can't I use the software? It's like surfing and being on the right part of the wave. Yeah. You don't want to be too new and you don't want to be too old. Yeah. And, and, and in there, you always end up finding these like great operating systems that are super stable, that everything works on. I think like when I think of some of them, I think of Snow Leopard. I think of Mavericks, mm-hmm. maybe Sierra. Sierra, definitely Mojave. Yeah, hi, Sierra. Mojave. And I don't know, like the jury's kind of out on the rest of them. I mean, I guess, you know, if it's Catalina, seems pretty good, but Monterey or Ventura. And there's going to be some software won't update quick enough. Other software, they update right away, but it has bugs. And, and you never, I don't think, want to be on the very front edge of that line and if you're too far back then stuff stops working yeah here's the, here's the truth of the matter um, a 2015 macbook pro you remember the very last I'm macbook pro very familiar with the 2015 with the retina guess what App- apple says the support the support status of a 2015 computer is obsolete it's because obsolete. it's virtually the same as the late 2012 right jump ahead to a 2015 early model an uh, early 2015 model the last one I said was a 2014. Jumped to an early 2015. Now it's vintage, <laughs> but it's still supported. Um, so it's it's Apple forcing everyone. Yeah, to move they forward. do pretty good about supporting stuff. But I think the funny thing is like Windows 
Man. Windows is the opposite. It just, everything works. Yeah. Well, but they cripple moving forward. They're crippled. Their hands are tied because they are forced to maintain a considerable amount of backward compatibility. They have to go way, way back. Thing, things seem to work for longer on Windows in a strange way. Right. Um, but they don't seem to work. For some reason, even though things work longer on Windows, the computer's don't seem to age as well as the Macs do. And I can't explain that. Mm-hmm. It depends. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does depend on how well it was built, the grade of the components, whether it was server grade, et cetera, et cetera. But there's no doubt about it. My dad's like, I'm on a 13-year-old PC. I'm happy as a clam. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm like, well, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, like like usually people with PCs are changing every five years. And right. it's the people with Macs, like Robbo said, they're changing every 10 years. And it's not just because of cost. But my, my PC, I mean, that, that thing's still rock solid. I just... Uh, you know, I've stopped using it because, um, well, I had issues with uh, using Source Connect on it. That that was the reason I went Mac. And and in all honesty, how has life been? Like with some perspective of time and distance, like the PC, the Mac, weird weird issues, things not working, easier to deal with yourself, needing experts to help you with Windows. Like, what's been your experience? Um, I I found the Windows machine. Perfect, but that was the one that was made by um, the guy I know, Vin, uh, at Avim, A-V-I-M, technology. Um, those things are rock solid. I mean, they're, they're sort of one-off kind of. They're enterprise-grade. You know. They're uh, built to purpose Yeah, with high, really high-quality parts. And, and that thing I've had for, yeah. God, I, I must have had it f- 15 years, I reckon. It's still going strong. It's just that I couldn't use Source Connect. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's when it was uh, well, you, time you, you to, could, to jump. You just couldn't use Q Manager. Well, Q Manager wouldn't work, and there was something <laughs> else that was happening, and I can't remember what it was, but it was something to do with Source Connect and a few issues. It was a bear to record, yeah, and run two apps simultaneously, yeah. which is sort of a classic Windows thing in general. It's not just that computer, but to be able to run two applications that both use the same sound card at the same same time is a bit of a juggling act with Windows sometimes. Yeah, but I found the Windows machine because I knew it and it was fine. And then I had to go through a, a bit of a learning curve with the Mac, even though I have right. a Mac laptop. But, I mean, just the setup with, you know, the RME's gone, so now I'm using an audience and all that kind of stuff. So that was... That was so now key. that you're there, what's your what's your thought? Like, wish you were on the Windows machine or... I find, I find the audience so much easier than RME. Mm-hmm. The total mix on RME... If you're an audio engineer, it's fantastic. But if you're like me, it's just a mind fuck. The RME is 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 a bit like the Apollo. Very powerful. Yeah, you got to know what you're doing with it. Correct, and I don't. So it yeah. wasn't. It was crazy for me. Now, changing the subject yeah. slightly, I've just realised I've gone into Road Connect, which I'll have a play with later after we finish recording. What an awful name! <laughs> Road- <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll see if I can actually get the. Um, the NT1 fifth gen working through there because I may have to select the mic through there. Well, there's Road Connect and there's Road Central. So yeah, they can, I don't care about Road Central. Yeah, yeah just make sure you're using the right app well, <laughs> for the job. Yeah, I've got the only one that I can open on. Rallo, can you just Mac bleep is, all those uh, out? Road Connect. <laughs> yes, they're gone. There's road beep and the road beep. Yeah, road <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> but uh, I need on one of these pads. I need. I need a, a tone. You do. Beep. Doot. 
they have a setting on the Roadcaster Pro where you can set that up. And when you <laughs> press it, it will not only create the beep, but it'll cut the mic at the same exact time. Ah, cool. Is, 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 is that on the new Roadcaster? No. On this one? The original Roadcaster Pro has that really? with That's the latest firmware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So back to the mic, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, we have started. digressed yeah. a little bit here. <laughs> we shot off into some crazy computer tangent. Uh, yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Did we listen to the samples as a group, or did everybody listen to the samples? I did not listen to them, to be honest. Okay, we're starting off with the NT1. This is the Generation 4. I assume it's Generation 4. No pop guard. And I'm about a fist away from the microphone. So the NT1, Generation 4. Okay, this is the NT1, Generation 5, uh, using the XLR. So, uh, yeah, I think the levels are pretty similar. Um, Same distance from the mic, no pop shield. So I have to be a little bit careful, don't I? And this is the NT1, 5th Gen, using the... um, USB connect. Um, if you look at your waveform, you'll see it's like almost non-existent, but I think that's got to do with the 32-bit float. Not that I'm an expert or anything, but that's my guess because we're coming in at mm, minus 30 dB or somewhere around that. That's that's peak level, according to Twisted Wave. So there you go. So that's been level matched by George, but um, I can't really hear that much difference. I mean, there's a bit more top end in the A little the bit gen. more top end, yeah. yeah. But a little bit of that, it might have been, you came in with a little bit more energy because that was not the same mic across everything. Like, yeah. you just said the same thing or a little bit of the same thing. Yeah. And so I think you popped in there with a little bit more energy. Maybe. But it did sound, I thought, brighter. There was something a little bit more forward about the new one than the old one, which had a mellowness to it but yeah. between the ssl interface which was your xlr preamp right yeah is that what you're, and the usb interface internally i don't think there was any sonic difference that i i could hear yeah which is really interesting until you like like i assume you did not have the 4k button down on the ssl no, I didn't. no. right because that would have just like been like that would have really yeah that would have <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, four sixteen mode. Yep, I it think would that's have been. a absolutely pretty fair test yeah. proof of concept because again, you guys, the the levels that he tracked that at were peaking at minus thirty, right? Yeah, that was always considered to be no, no, you don't do that. That's bad. You're not a pro. You don't know what you're doing. But now with thirty two bit float, it's uh, re- really remarkable that we can just simply normalize that. I, I normalized each of those samples. I think samples you could have normalized minus. it before, though, with with twenty four bit. I I think it would carry up just as much noise. Probably, probably. It, it's gonna carry more analog noise if it's down there naturally. You know. Yeah. So you're saying that the, th- the fact that it's thirty two bit float is really inconsequential. If you I would just record a twenty four bit with thirty tb thirty dB it, lower gain on your preamp, it'd be the same damn thing. It's anyway. the same thing. I'm pretty sure because basically 32-bit is broken up into, it's actually 23 bits, and then the other bits are the decimal. And when you first record, it doesn't know what the decimal is. It's it's capturing that as presumed zero, like no, it's not up or down. There's no multiplier. There's no gain factor. It's captured for what it is, and they're capturing it really low to allow for huge amounts of headroom. And then when you add to that 8-bit, you know, 
portion of the word that lets you modify the gain, up comes all your analog noise, I would assume. Yeah. It's 24-bit, well, basically. Because it's just 24-bit captured with eight zero bits to use up more hard drive space initially. Because they split it into four different preamp AD converter chains, they are... They yeah, are, what's up with that? They, they are, are doing something there, right? Yeah, they're concerned yeah. with gain stage and making sure that they're utilizing the analog stage as well as they can, right? Like That's, there is, that's the trick, yeah. yeah. Because if, if you are using the analog stage properly, then... Great, 32-bit. Now, now I have a gain knob on my audio file. That's basically the way to think of 32-bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, that's what they did. And, you know, I talked to the Zoom rep when I was at uh, NAM, and they have their 32-bit audio interface, right? They do a similar thing, but they didn't go for the four different stages. They went with two. So, two. you know, they yeah. were like, well, to them, two was fine. That was enough. Yeah. <laughs> a low gain and a high gain, and that was all, and that's what they do. But they're doing the same kind of technology type idea. But I, I think this for the for the money. I mean, Robo and I have discussed this. I, I think it should be more expensive, and I think that's the issue. Uh, that's what makes me feel a bit uncomfortable <laughs> about the mic. I know it's like it's a bit cheap, but it's actually I not. Know. I mean, if they charge yeah. more, it doesn't for it, sound it. Yeah, it doesn't sound cheap. No. no, it's only the price tag and how it relates to the prior products before yeah. it. Yeah, it has any feeling of being a cheap mic, but it's 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 a the value proposition is a game changer. Yeah, <laughs> really I is. said to AP, you jump on a session with this mic, and nobody's going to be going, "Hey, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you yeah. on? No, but there's a lot of mics you can say for that. Yeah, mm. you know, I mean, it's like I I can go get a. $70 Chinese mic and right, right gain on it. And just, you know, it's no one's going to really. I've heard some really good recordings from an MXL's 990. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a sub $100 mic. I'm very familiar with that. Or, 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 the, or the 1006, like the original yeah, right. $100 large diaphragm. Right. It's, it's usually just the noise floor is the first thing that's, that's yeah. not as good on those things. Uh, I think the thing that, yeah. that, that occurred to AP and I, though, was because AP when we were mucking around with these yesterday, AP jumped onto the um, OC18. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's noticeably different. It's, you know, it's noticeably more round, noticeably fuller. You know, it's noticeable that he's mm-hmm. on a much it's more, more expensive. There, yeah. there, there's, a, there's a pleasingness to it. That yeah, there is. You can't put your finger on, but you're just like, mm. right. Pro, but like having really said pro. that, yeah. you know, you put this thing up and you've got something that's still 100% usable. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah. basically, if you're doing this for a living, then it's going to be processed to buggery anyway. So it doesn't really matter. True. I mean, no one uses a, the raw audio. So, um, you know, it doesn't, to me, like if, if you're looking for a second mic or a safety mic or maybe your first mic, I I, I would say the NT1 fifth gen's bloody a goer for sure. Or a travel mic. And, uh, and a travel mic. And also the get out of jail card mic, you know. Well, it's a stunt mic, right? Yeah. Like if you've got any Neumann or the Austrian, it's one of those $1,000 plus mics at home, I think you'd be kind of bonkers to travel with one of those. It's not that you can't. I just wouldn't do it. To be able to travel with this and not be so concerned about damaging a $1,000-plus yeah. mic is great. I just don't know if I would even want to travel with a large diaphragm condenser no. mic at all, but that's no. another topic. 
But as I said to AP, though, if you did travel with this, the other nice thing is if something happens to your interface, you can still record. Yeah, that redundancy. I, I think that's the one place where it just misses it for me. It's like if they'd put the headphone out, it would have been yeah. really aggressive. Yeah, like you'd have to use like the headphones in your laptop. a simple interface and a good mic yeah. in one. Yeah. Because this mic is considerably better. And this is something you haven't stacked up yet. You haven't done an AB between this and the Rode NT USB Plus yet. No, no. Comparing the two on USB. But I would guarantee this one is much cleaner, self noise wise. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that um, NT USB. I think what adds value to it is that it has the XLR. It, it means that it has to like play well with other people's preamps and be a real microphone. They control less of it. They can't fake with it, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Other people's, yeah, M. OPPs, other people's preamps. Yeah, uh-huh. Microphones. And just for, out of, yeah. uh, just for interest's sake, I've actually changed mics. I'm now on the OC18, just so you can hear the difference between um, the NT1 5th gen and I, uh, I didn't the notice. Austrian audio. <laughs> I didn't notice that you did. No, but I had to tell you, you see. Yeah. Look, I mean, I yeah. think you're actually quieter. Yeah, I think it is. The, the um, yeah, it's got a lot less gain than uh, yeah, yeah, than the road. That's for sure. When you play them side by side, you pick it. But yeah, when when there's a yeah. bit of a gap in between, you wouldn't know. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, something to be honest, I bet you inside that road is is a USB chip that actually has an output. When it, like it doesn't oh, show up, does a, it? You mean it has a DA converter? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wonder if they like you know you just buy a bulk. Yeah, there could. It, it might DA not have the actual the DA converter on it. It might not be on the chip, or it just might be the USB chip has like a output. Right. And, and there's like ground this leg to only show the input. Ground that leg to show the output and the input. <laughs> yeah. Like it's yeah. Kind of, and and you go in there and you're just like. Lift that leg, run a wire <laughs> to the up. outside, yeah. <laughs> drill a hole, drill yeah. a hole in it. <laughs> that would be crazy if somebody figured yeah, out. I'm, how to do I'm that. probably wrong. I'll go and get a drill and check it out. I'll let you know. Yeah, do that, will you? <laughs> well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite, with thanks to Tribus and Austrian Audio, recorded using Source Connect, edited by Andrew Peters, and mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging, with tech support from George the Tech Whitam. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say good day, drop us a note at our website, theproaudiosuite.com.